G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You might have been able to go along and see the new film called Jesus Revolution. It was launched just last week in Australian cinemas. Reports are there was a really big impact. It launched in over 160 theatres in Australia, which is double the normal number for a faith film. The movie ranked as the number nine top cinema showing in Australia and number seven in New Zealand. Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been to see the film, and it's more than just a good movie to Bill, since he was part of the hippie culture and experienced something of the Jesus Revolution personally. Bill Muhlenberg, back with us. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always good to be with you. Bill, in one of your latest articles, uh, you say it brought back a whole lot of great memories, uh, or maybe it's good and mixed bag (laughs) memories. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, Both. Um, As I say in my piece after I got home, I wrote up an article. Uh, I lived through two pretty important revolutions back in my youth, uh, the whole hippie culture, right? Like 60s, early 70s, full on into that whole movement, as we may have discussed before. But then God raised up a counter-culture, or a counter-counter-culture, the Jesus Revolution, which I was part of as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, in fact, it was such a big move that Time Magazine, in I think June of 1971, had a cover story on the Jesus Revolution. And two months later, I became a Christian as part of all that. I'm not sure if at the time I actually saw that Time magazine cover, but uh, little did I know anyway that within a few months, I, like so many, would be swept up into this new and much more important revolution. Of course, some of the main characters in the film and lots of listeners to our conversation today will be familiar with the Bible teaching of uh, the well-known preacher Greg Laurie. And, of course, the legendary Chuck Smith uh, also features in the film. And another character, Lonnie Frisbee. Uh, Not all of those are uh, created in the film to look absolutely perfect. There was a few issues with the Lonnie Frisbee character, and listeners might like to look into that a little bit deeper. But but Greg Laurie and Chuck Smith, uh, these are names that have been around your life for a very long time, Bill. Absolutely. Absolutely. And your listeners would know well those two, certainly. Uh, I recall around five years ago, uh, Greg Laurie did put out his book, The Jesus Revolution. And then some years later, I heard this was being turned into a movie. So obviously, I got excited because, again, that was my story. That was me. I was there. Not necessarily straight away or always at Calvary Chapel, but I was there in the hippie culture. I got saved. The leader of the group I was involved in in the commune in the mountains of New Mexico, he came from California, so he may well have come out of that whole scene with 
Calvary Chapel, eventually Costa Mesa, and a whole a bunch of uh, churches around not just California, but around America, and eventually around the world. So, yeah, for me, it was uh, quite an experience to check it out. It did bring back memories. I mean, some of the music, right, uh, which I listened to back then, both pagan and Christian, whether it was uh, Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, or for Christians, Love Song, Chuck Gerard, uh, familiar names, right? You had Timothy Leary, the drug guru, uh, is talked about in the the film, uh, Hate Asbury, the famous kind of hippie hangout. Uh, so all this was, yeah, yeah, taking me back 50 years and then some. So uh, interesting to see how the film would put it all together. And as you say, we're, well, we're all flawed vessels in one sense. And Lonnie Frisbee had his issues, which not only was I aware of anyway, but I was interested to see how might the film handle this. Often you have a hagiography, right? You try to sanitize everything, but I was surprised early on. You were seeing, you know, not just Lonnie, but all of them really as characters who, you know, on one hand love God, but on the other hand had issues, whether pride or you name it. So I was kind of pleased to see that the film really did not try to whitewash any of the characters, but showed them warts and all. And, uh, giving us a realistic uh, depiction. And that's, as I say in my article, Paul talked about we're all, you know, a bunch of earthen vessels, cracked pots, you might say, in which God's treasure resides. And that really comes through on this film as well. And of course, it wasn't just localized, was it? Because some might get the impression that uh, Chuck Smith uh, in Costa Mesa, in California, that somehow or other it was just around there. But uh, you were the hippie kid in Wisconsin, another state yep. in the United States, and it not yep. just even restricted to the United States, but this uh, Jesus revolution really did flow out beyond the borders of the U.S. around the world, didn't it? Well, it did. Uh, it certainly did. Uh, late 60s, as I say, early 70s. By 71, Time magazine was even writing about it. It kind of uh, peaked, some would say, maybe in 1972, massive rallies, say, in Texas, where Billy Graham held youth services and the like. But yeah, as you say, I was 2,000 miles away from the action. Wisconsin's a long way from California, but you know, I was impacted as a high school student, ended up, as I say, going to New Mexico for part of my journey, eventually later did go to California. So I went to Calvary Chapel, sat in on some of the sessions there, but yeah, it had a huge impact quite around the world. Even now, after I posted my piece, I get Australians writing in, yeah, I was kind of part of this too, at least here in Australia, as much as it was happening here as well. So, yeah, God certainly used it, uh, warts and all, as we say, uh, with flawed characters. He, well, that's well, all he has to work with, I guess. You know, he's got you and me. None of us are perfect. And yet, by his grace, he can use us. And if we're willing to be used, it can really have a massive, even a global impact. We'll often talk about a move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the sort of thing that gives momentum to revival. Uh, it was a time of great change out of the 60s into the 70s. Uh, you mentioned the music and lots of memories that came back to you there. 
You reflect that there were some concerns about music and that many of the young people were coming to church just for the concerts and not so much for the discipleship. How do you remember those days? Yeah. Well, as I say, I did become a Christian myself in late 71, so months and years even following. I was often in California, often at Calvary Chapel. I remember once I was hitchhiking from Santa Cruz around San Francisco down to L.A., uh, got picked up actually by a pastor, one of the leaders in Calvary Chapel. So we're talking about all of this, and that's exactly what he told me. You know, Chuck and others were concerned that all these kids are coming, especially to the Saturday night concerts, right? Uh, but are they coming to be discipled, or are they just coming for the music? So I thought that was—well, I agreed with them at the time. This was, you know, again, almost 50 years ago. And so I thought that was good that Chuck Smith and the leaders were back then aware of this. It's easy just to try to bring people in by, uh, you know, various attractions, whether it's music, you name it. And uh, people may come for the wrong reasons, right? So they were aware of this even early on. And I guess you could say a related thing, another experience I had, I think one of the Sundays I went to Calvary Chapel in California, you know, they give people testimonies, and one gal who had been a Playboy bunny, maybe at Heff's Mansion there in L.A., she gave, uh, got up and gave a quick testimony. Uh, but, you know, it was an okay word, but, you know, I think she was obviously a pretty new Christian, and that was another area that I think even I and the leaders and others were aware of. You can, you know, get into this celebrity thing. We'll get somebody who's famously got saved, put them up on the platform in the spotlight when maybe they're such a brand new Christian. They don't even know much about their faith. Uh, I was just talking to somebody, right? Paul said, lay hands suddenly on no man, the old King James, about maybe don't put young believers into positions of leadership just yet. So, yeah, there were teething issues. You know, Chuck Smith, others, they were aware. We're kind of finding our way here, whether it's not offending all the old conservative parishioners, right? All of a sudden, there's all these hippies coming in, and I've got a story I can share on this as well, if you want. But, uh, yeah, so they were kind of learning as they went along, and then, you know, mistakes would have been made, but a lot of good things happened as well. And we can have lots of longer conversations about your hippie days. We might not have time for that story because I wanted to just reflect with you for a few moments because sometimes we think of revival times like the Jesus Revolution, uh, late 60s into the 1970s, and somehow rather that when the flame begins, the flame burns brightly and then it dies down. But Calvary Chapel, just to name one church, uh, it had significant growth that has gone on to this very day. It's grown into a very significant movement. So not just something that died out then, it's continued to grow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Well over a thousand Calvary chapels around the world. I mean, again, not as if it's perfect. Uh, There were splits, there were problems, there were controversies, there were disagreements. So sometimes, you know, Christians went their own ways. 
uh, which sadly often happens. But again, this is nothing new with revival either. I mentioned Jonathan Edwards, the great revivalist and theologian in America. He was dealing with all this a couple hundred years ago, right? Critics of the revival, those who went off to excess, extreme emotionalism. So splits happened there. Uh, things, you know, sometimes went up to a high and then dissipated. So that's kind of how revival works. It doesn't always go on forever, but the fruit will often be there nonetheless long-term. So yeah, same here with the Jesus Revolution. It was a one move of God at one period of time. And as I conclude my piece, I say, do it again, Lord. We need more such revival. A film like this, it'll only have a short season in Australian cinemas. Uh, then there'll be all sorts of other platforms, potentially, uh, that you'll be able to see this film. Uh, while you can see it on the big screen, Bill, what's your encouragement? And by the way, were you surprised uh, when you saw some of those t- statistics that uh, Aussies have been out to see this film in quite significant yeah. numbers? Yeah, well, it's good to see indeed that, uh, well, it's been good all over America, Canada, and so on, has had pretty good uh, viewing of this. And again, they're in limited uh, theaters, uh, limited screening times, and so on. You know, it's not a massive release. But yeah, here in Australia, doing very well. A lot of Christians interested, even though they may never have been to California. So it's been good in that sense. And yeah, even though the run may come to an end fairly soon, uh well, it'll still be available in other forms in the days ahead. So, uh, But if you can get to go see it now, I know some churches are even renting out cinemas and bringing their church folks along at a discounted price. So whatever you can do, if you can get to see it before it uh, does come to an end, I certainly uh, recommend that. And as my church did last Friday night, uh, rented out a cinema, uh, gave discounted tickets to members with the encouragement to invite a friend along. And while they didn't have an altar call at the end of it, there were, out of the 150 seats in the cinema, uh, 30 uh, new Christian packs were picked up. And uh, we can only assume that there are those who were more interested in deepening their understanding and understanding the gospel uh, in a significant way. Bill, we have run out of time, but for listeners to get an insight into your thoughts, uh, lots more in the article that we're referring to today, and you might like to check out what Bill has been writing about the Jesus Revolution. In fact, uh, he calls it Calvary Chapel and the Jesus Revolution. You can find that at billmuhlenberg.com. Simply Google Culture Watch one word. Bill? Great to talk. Thanks so much for being with us once again today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 